This is the Scum and Snake fantasy football show about the LV Dynasty Fantasy Football League that we are all in. Snake, a big week 10. Let us begin. I beat Eric. I beat Ernie. I called it. He loses. I beat Eric. I beat Ernie. The Kingslayer is dead. Holy moly. What uh Tuesday reviews day it's going to be talking about that matchup. Let's let's touch on a little bit now. Just you had called it, you put it out there in the universe. It happened. Big game from Big Bry. Uh was the nail in the coffin for Eric. And man, what a uh, what a win to get you to five and five uh, to give Eric a second loss of the season. What a, I mean, talk talk your talk. Go for it. Yeah. I uh, looking at it right now. If I don't go and get Justin Jackson Sunday morning, I lose. I did that specifically because I was like, I'm going to do everything I can to try to get as many points as I can. Big Brian last night with 26 carries, 21 points. Justin Fields on a tear, 47 points. Uh, really, we were we just said it. We're looking at his team. He pretty much played the same team he's been playing. He just didn't have Burrow and, and Mixon, I guess. He didn't have his Bengals, but I took him down. I win. I said I was going to do it. I said, is this what's going to happen to turn Ernie's season into an absolute dumpster fire? Does he lose and lose and keep losing? I am just way better than I we all thought I was going to be. I can't believe I'm sitting here at five and five. I haven't played any running backs all year, it seems. My rookie <laughs> receivers are still – they're not doing great. They're struggling most days, most games. Uh, I get one out of my kicker and three out of my defense, and I still win. Dropping Joe Marchuro, Ernie E. Fritz, I won. I was all fired up for it. I wanted it. I said, I'm going to go and get it. I got it. And it's it was very fun. I learned last night and this week watching this matchup that it is far better to be competitive than it is to tank, than it is to, to not be good, than it is to play for the future. It is so much funner to be involved and to be in the games, even if you're a middling team and you have the opportunity to take down a top guy or if you're trying to eke into the playoffs. It is so much more fun. We knew that, but, you know, the last year, with what my I've been doing with my team, what you and T and other players are doing with their teams. It is so much funner to be competitive, to be involved, to have your Sundays and your Mondays matter. Oh, it was just so cool. And I went for it and it was feels good. Yeah. We, we're going to talk about the matchup more. Don't worry, Eric. Don't you worry. But this goes back to the conversation we had, I don't know, last week or the week before with your team, and I, I was saying, I was trying to convince you that you actually are in a position to continue this push to keep moving forward to maybe, like, make a, a decent size move. I don't. I know you don't want to, like, go all in and mortgage your future to, to compete this year, but, like, you are closer, to your point, you're better than we all thought, especially with the emergence of Justin Fields, so... I don't know. Is there something? I don't know. Are there, are there more thoughts maybe brewing about some moves? We're coming up at the trade deadline, so it's time for everyone to kind of decide what they want to do the rest of the season. I'm always open to talk trades. I'm always open for 
that conversation, but I'm still staying put that I'm not going to do something drastic and radical to put myself in that position to make a run or to just even ensure the playoffs. I like where I'm at, even if all three of my first round picks are middle of the road, mid round to even late round uh, picks. I think my team is in a position to where if I added, if I'm able to add a starting running back or two with my picks next year with what I've got, I'm going to be super happy with it. It feels good to have your team perform after doing a rebuild. You draft your players, you're watching them. I'm learning why that has been a fun part of the dynasty mentality in the league. And I don't want to do anything crazy to do to change that up. Now, if someone comes at after me with a certain trade for a player or for my picks or whatever it may be, I'm always going to entertain the thought, have that conversation and, and decide if that's something I want to do. And I think that's what everybody should do right now. Like we said, I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago for all of us that are playing for futures that do have anywhere from one to two or three or some version of good first and second round picks in the next year or two. If you're okay with sitting where you're at for a year, don't, don't jump into the trade hype in the off season where you're like, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to go get whoever and I'm going to get rid of these picks. I think, like I said, right now, I think it's important for all of us to kind of stay put where we're at so that next year and the year after we're all more so in that position to be competitive. And maybe our top guys will start to calm down a little bit because they're going to have aging players. They're going to maybe make some moves and it'll kind of reverse the league to be a lot more, I don't know, funner that way, but definitely not looking to make the move, but always open to take a look. All right, guys, you heard it. And like I mentioned, trade deadline is coming up. So, you know, you got to, you got to get get work and get moving hit the hit the phones hit the lines hit your smoke signals whatever you got to do to get your trades in now's the now's the time to do it speaking of trades we got a lot to review today are you ready to talk about this brendan and ernie trade totally forgot that that even happened i'm going back right now to look at it oh, <laughs> i know it was a big uproar in the league but yeah bring it up so Brandon trades away Michael Thomas, uh, his 2023 first, uh, a 2024 second, and a 2025 third. So Michael Thomas, the first, second, and third for Amari Cooper, Jahan Dotson, and two fourths and a fifth in those corresponding years. Jeez. So he, he gives up a, a essentially the trade is a first, and Michael Thomas – Who's hurt and not playing the rest of the year for Amari Cooper and Jahan Dotson. And you could argue like the seconds and thirds are valuable too, but really it's Thomas the first, Cooper, and Dotson. And Jahan Dotson came back from injury last night and got a whopping, what, like one catch, I think it was. Yeah. So it's early, uh, but initial, initial reactions in the league and uh, initial reaction so far based on results is what were you doing, Brandon? Do nothing commission. I think that that's sentiment and that reaction comes from the history of Brandon hoarding top picks, even though, like you said, the second is in 24 and the third is in 25. So we're still talking two and three years down the line. 
but it's just not like Brandon to do a move like this. So I think we were all kind of shocked by that and getting, I mean, yeah, John Dotson started out the season pretty good. He's been hurt and Momari Cooper is aging. Maybe he's banking on Amari having himself a good, what, maybe two years with Deshaun Watson if he's lucky. So, and he's given up on Michael Thomas, uh, uh, which I don't, I would say that's a fine move at this point. You got to get rid of headaches at, at some point. It just is a surprising move because it's just not like Brendan to do that. No, not at all. And here's the thing, Brandon, I will give you credit. This is what I've criticized you for not doing in the past. You obviously needed receiver help. If you were going to win this year, like that third spot, especially after Michael Thomas was ruled out for the rest of the year was glaring. It was going to give you fits. So Amari Cooper as your third isn't bad, especially with Deshaun Watson looming. But, like, that's the best you could do. I know you were trying. I know you hit me up. You hit a couple other people up. But that's where you saddled, giving Eric another 23 first. And, yes, it was yours, which should be late, which should be in the 10 to 12 range, best-case scenario. But what? <laughs> My thing is, like, for, for Eric, he he wasn't ever going to play Amari Cooper and Jahan Dotson when his lineup was um, healthy, right? He's going to play Jamar Chase, uh, Justin Jefferson, and then he's got plenty of options for the third spot. Cortland, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster before he got absolutely lit up on Sunday. Um, and even then, now with, like, some injury stuff, he probably wasn't going to play Amari. Um, Amon Ross St. Brown, another example of someone Eric had. So he just, I feel like Eric cashed out. Again, was it something Brandon needed to do? Yes. But as was said in the group chat, the rich get richer in Ernie's uh, case. But maybe a little karma because Schnick did, uh, did he win this week? Did Eric win this week? He did not win. And I did. <laughs> well, we'll do the matchups here in a second, but we got to do a, a quick, not even a quick nonsense minute. We're going, we're hitting a lot of things today, Shane, because I thought of another fun one, in my humble opinion. So Thanksgiving is coming up, Shane. We're, we're sticking with that theme for the next few episodes here. Um, we're also throwing it back to a Scum Shane Classic. Remember that bear that we fought with uh, animals and then we fought with Hollywood movie monsters? Mm-hmm. We haven't beat him yet. So we're just going to try to make peace and invite him to Thanksgiving dinner. Okay. So that bear's coming and you have to invite three other fictional bears to dine with us to try and smooth things over with this bear. Who are the three? Three fictional bears to just make peace with this bear that we've been trying to gank for all year basically yep i'll, I'll right. go first because to give you some time to think about okay. it and there's actually you're going to be surprised at how many bears actually there are but first i'm going to go with yogi bear he's going to bring a good a good spread he's going to help us make that piece right with the food we're going to get good old fun loving baloo from the jungle book okay to, uh just to keep things again lighthearted, but in case things go sour, I'm pulling in uh, Bjorn the bear from the Hobbit just as some muscle, some backup. In case this bear that we've been trying to get turns turns everything sour, 
those after us, we got some muscle there. Those are my three. I love that. Nice, uh, even <clears throat> hitting all the different avenues and possible outcomes. This is a fun question. Uh, thinking about it real quick in my head, we're making peace with this guy. We're no longer trying to fight. Come over for Thanksgiving. Let's break bread. Let's have a beer. I'm going to start no particular order. It is going to be uh, the uh, Ted Bear. Yeah, the 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 the, the, bear, the, the uh, teddy bear. What am I thinking? Yeah. The teddy bear yeah. from Ted the movie. <laughs> yep. You know, funny. He's gonna break the ice, have some jokes. He's you know, crack a beer. It's all good. And then my second bear. We're gonna go with the bear from the bear in the big blue house. Oh, so welcoming, so inviting. Good call. So inviting, just a friendly guy. You know, uh, just. From the childhood, you know, reminiscing <laughs> on childhood shows. We're going to bring him in there. He's big and cuddly and fun. And he's just like, he's probably going to be just chowing down on food. And he'll be asleep, you know, by the afternoon football game. Uh, so that guy, he's going to be fun and, and, and enjoyable to have around to make sure this bear doesn't uh, flip on us. And then, oh, I'm going to take a page out of your book. And that just in case things do go sour and we need some muscle, I'm going to bring in the polar bear from the Golden Compass. <laughs> yes. <laughs> He's got his armor on uh, underneath his Thanksgiving sweater. So it's not to sound uh, like he's trying to get on a fight right away. But if need be, he's going to jump in and save us. Perfect. We're ready for all avenues. If you're out there listening, tell us who you're inviting as a bear. I thought you were for sure going to... Um, invite Smokey the bear just so you guys could talk you know ranger business <laughs> let's get this Tuesday reviews day going let's talk about these matchups and let's talk about this crazy upset snake beating Eric yes indeed I did less than three points was the was the final spread here a huge game from Justin Fields, who's just been on a little tear here for the past uh, month, probably, past four weeks. A uh, huge game from Big Brian that we talked about. Drake London with the tutty on Thursday night was a good Drake? You You overcame the correct dope call of Chris Olave. Uh, George Pickens came through for you with uh, that rushing touchdown. And then your boy, Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, has been pretty usable lately, too. So, you know, you put all that together for a strong 134, and I just couldn't beat it. Dud Russell Wilson did not ride. Broncos country, uh, sorry you have to deal with all this. Eckler had a down game, uh, unfortunately, for for me, not having him in fantasy, but just watching. Kenneth Walker had a so-so game. Juju left early. Huge games from Amon Ra and Justin Jefferson, but Zach Ertz also left early, and Najee is just Najee. So all that combined to 131, and he just couldn't overcome. He, meaning Eric, could not overcome the big snake. Yeah, really, in my opinion, it comes down to the huge game from Fields and me making that Sunday morning call, getting Justin Jackson in there instead of Snoop, instead of whoever else I could have played to get me zero. Gets five, that put me over the – Really, I think that's put me over the edge with that call. But, yeah, I could belabor this all week, and I'm going to. But for today, yep. I win. I take down the King Slayer, the Dragon Slayer, 
Ernie, the top dog, the number one, the big head honcho. I beat him. I wanted to beat him. I said I was going to do it, and I made it happen. It's not that hard to turn your teams around, my friends. Not at all. So that was a major upset. We had predicted a, a small upset with Tyler Overchase, and for a while it was looking like that could happen, um, really until Saquon played, and then it was kind of out of reach for Tyler. Uh, Chase actually scored the highest point total of the week, 170, pretty big one, and that was, again, like I said, really off of Saquon's huge game, 33 points, and then both Dolphins running backs, Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, scored touchdowns. Both scored over 19 points, um, almost 30 in Jeff Wilson's case. And then P just wasn't able to beat it, even though it seems like he now has three starting running backs in Damian Pierce, Rashad White, and Isaiah Pacheco. Yeah, that's a huge boom for him. Uh, I'm excited for his future. If he can, I think he's got it. I'm not looking right now, but I think he's got a pick or two. Those running backs coming on. He's got some, you know, good enough receivers maybe get himself into a better quarterback going forward. I like what T is doing here with that team. Uh, but we, uh, we have moved on. I know he has moved on. He is ready for the bottom buddy matchup this week. Oh, that's going to be a huge one. We will tee that up soon. But the battle of the bottom buddies is going to be bodacious. Bodacious bottom buddies. Our, uh, our official upset of the week call was, was Ben over Brendan. That didn't happen, uh, even though it was close. Decided to less close. than 10 points. Ben made the right moves. He got Jonathan Taylor back in. Um, he was really let down by Alvin Kamara. And then mm-hmm. something we didn't talk about at the top, Cooper Cup had that high ankle sprain. Um, very bad game for his standards. And it looks like he's going to be without him at least four games and they very well could shut him down the rest of the year. But even with, with those two, two major letdowns in Kamara and cup and really uh, DJ Moore, Ben had a fighting chance, even though Brandon had 42 from Mahomes, 27 from Josh Jacobs, everywhere else was bad. He had Judy leave early. AJ Brown was a real dud last night. And then Amari Cooper, who he just traded for, had a whopping three catches for 32 yards. Yep, that's first uh, That's first round pick trade material right there. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can do whatever you want, Brendan. I'm glad that you don't have any more picks. You probably, you probably still do. Maybe, anyway. Maybe still does have picks, yeah. Ben almost did it indeed. It was uh, – he only lost by nine. It looks like Kamara with the letdown. Uh, this was that match. This was the week where all of the player, the teams that are towards the end of our rankings, have the had the ability to make uh, a little bit of a difference and a and a move. I like we we thought it was going to happen here with Ben. We like to see Taylor back, but with Cup gone, uh, with Kamara being very inconsistent. With very. his other receivers being very inconsistent, you can maybe you can if I, I know AJ Brown was a little hobbled. Maybe he gets himself a rest game. I don't know. Maybe Devonta Smith has some more appeal. Komet is finally 
had a game to where we thought he was going to have more of these this week or this year. Finally what you wanted. Yep. So your call. Yep. it's, uh, you know, it's good on Brandon that he still gets the win with some deficiencies this week. Uh, but yeah, it didn't, uh, it, the, the upset did not prove to be true. Ben drops another one. Brendan back in the win column after losing last week uh, and sitting there at eight and two and, and Ben 08 uh, in ninth place. It's just not looking good after this week of injuries and inconsistencies. Yeah. The, the injuries are the big thing, right? He's record wise. He's still in the mix. We talk about that a lot. We'll talk about it more in the ranking show tomorrow. Um, the four and six teams still have a fighting shot because everyone else is, five and five or at best six and four. So only two games back really from being in that fourth, uh, fourth standing spot. But yeah, you're going to want to make sure you're at full health in order to make that little run. And Ben is not there, unfortunately. So we'll see if he makes a move before the trade deadline. Um, do we think it's likely that 08 gets in the, gets in the fray? No, but hopefully he proves us wrong. Boy, also, I am five and five, and I've scored seventy-five point less points than you. Defense wins championships. <laughs> oh my lord! Anyway, carry on. Uh, another, another. You mentioned like the people towards the bottom of the of the standings had their shots this week. Another one of those was Jimbo. He went up against undefeated mm. Wade. Another less than 10-point spread. He had a shot last night. We were throwing up prayers for Miles Sanders. It didn't happen. He had 12 carries, 54 yards, no catches. Just not the game that Jim needed, especially with Jalen Hurts uh, rushing the ball six times, scoring a touchdown, throwing two more. Just He needed that to flip. He needed Miles to you know have three rushing touchdowns. Jalen Hurts did not do much. But, again, even though – did not swing that way. He still put up a good fight against Wade. Uh, Cordero Patterson, a big, big dud for Wade. Clyde has lost his job and lost, I mean, maybe like his spot. I think he played like four snaps, is what I saw. Something wow. like that. Or um, wasn't very good. Maybe we see some more Ronald Jones coming. But yeah, if it's something you've been harping on, if Jim could get some more solid production from his receivers, he only got about six and a half both from Gallup and Lazard. Uh, Nico Collins had a good game, but again, that's another inconsistent one. If you could find someone to get him in that 15-point range weekly, Jim would be in a better spot. Um, and he's having trouble with his – he's got a good stable running back, but he can't play all four of them between Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, and Aaron Jones. So he made the wrong call this week. That would have swung it for him. But um, – you know, talking about future state, future prognosis, he's, I think, in a better spot than like the Ben who we just talked about to make that last push and get in that playoffs six playoffs. Hundred percent agree. Dang, I I guess I didn't realize he didn't play Aaron Jones. Holy smokes, thirty on the bench that would have helped. But he does four starting really good running backs right now. If Miles Sanders yep. does his production from last week, he wins. If he plays Aaron Jones, he wins. <coughs> Hello. Uh, hello. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were shooting up all the 
good vibes last night. It did not happen. Jalen Hurts didn't even have a good game and still puts up 27 points. This was a chance for Jimbo to hit the big boy up top, and he just narrowly missed. That's how it goes when you're playing the big boys. I would have beat Wade this week. Dang. Would you, have you already played Wade? Or is that still coming? Could you take down both Eric and Wade this year? Is that, is that in the cards? I don't remember if you played him or not. I'm looking right now. I play Wade in week 12. Here we go. Oh, that's great. Can't wait for for that. Ooh, that's a good that's a good week too. I'm excited. I'm gonna take him down. Before we get too out of ourselves looking at that fun matchup, which I know you're gonna win for sure. I lost to Doug. Not much to say here. He he blew me out. He did. Um, had huge, huge games from Christian Kirk and James Conner, and that was that. Those two by themselves would be probably close enough to beat me. He's throwing a Tua, and that's probably enough. But I had a decent week for Old Scummy. Kenny Pickett was good. Um, Rondale has been surprisingly good lately. Now Hollywood, mm-hmm. Hollywood Consistent. Brown might might be coming back this week or next. So we'll see how that trio kind of settles, you know, between Hopkins and uh, Hollywood and Rondale. You know, the, those three have not played all three together yet this year. So uh, the one that probably takes a hit is Rondale, but we'll see. And then, um, I mean, yeah, I I just need to save my ammo, save my gunpowder for, for the bottom buddies matchup, which uh, I'll be ready for. Don't you worry. Yeah, I like – what I uh, saw from your team, 92 is admirable for you. You only left Darius Slayton's points on the bench, it looks like. Uh, but you probably, I mean, yeah, you uh, you had a better week. You never really stood a chance. You got blown out by a 65 or whatever this is. So uh, not really much to talk about here. Doug gets a big Christian Kirk week. He's doing really good last couple of weeks, but he did not get a Derrick Henry game. Debo Samuel has fallen off quite a bit, but James Conner, 28, two touchdowns, getting back into the, the end zone. And uh, Tua has just basically 30 points a week. You can just pencil that in. Good win for Doug. Uh, got a four-game winning streak, currently sitting in the four spot. This might be the highest that Doug has been, if ever, at least for the last couple of years in the league. So, Happy that he's doing good. And, uh, yeah, not much else to say here. This was uh, – we saw this one coming. Uh, almost forgotten, but still important. We had Hesse beat Dason, And Hesse needed this win to stay in the mix. They're both at five and five now. And Hesse was saved by the fact that he made two trades and got a quarterback and a tight end. And if he didn't have Jacoby Brissett, he loses this game. So – Good job, Hesse. You know, Deontay Foreman, that huge game on Thursday night. Dalvin Cook, really the one big, huge run. 80-yard touchdown was, like, most of Dalvin's day. He should have scored another one, but the Vikings were done. He was only won that game. And then uh, your standard stuff across the board. Same thing on Dason's side. Uh, you know, is there someone who – I don't even think it was necessarily a surprise – 
but is there someone who's fallen off as much in production and kind of like esteem or, or value as Deontay Johnson this year? Maybe Najee yeah. on the same team? Like Yeah, the whole Steelers the offense has been struggling this year. Uh, Deontay Johnson, he started out with getting tons of targets early in the year, and then his targets have started to go down, and he can't really do much with them. I like that call. I didn't even really think about that. I've never been the biggest advocate that he was like a legit one type in my mind. He's always kind of been just a middle-of-the-road receiver. But, yeah, as, as the number one with Pittsburgh, you would expect more from him. But the quarterback play is tough out there and that whole offense struggling. And, really, if you look at it, I guess Herbert's the QB 14 overall, but with – Keenan Allen being out basically all year. Mike Williams now being out for the last three games or whatever it is. He's, he's, I guess he's still good, but 14 and 15 in the last two weeks, eight in week six, 14 in week three. He's just, I mean, he's only getting, he got 15 for Herbert. Like I know the receiving injuries, but if you're not getting mid twenties from your quarterback, you're in trouble every week. And it, it, we've said it in the past. We haven't really gone on it this season on the scum and sneak show, but quarterbacks are very important. Uh, you know, we've, you know, I'm benefiting from the rushing with fields and you've players are benefiting from the Allen rushing and the Hurts rushing on the Lamar rushing. But if you can just have a consistent passing quarterback that gets you, 285 and two and three every week with then you're good. But if you're not getting that at your quarterback position, it's hard to make up for it on the other spots uh, with the way these rosters are, how deep they are. So the quarterback play with Dayson has been, in my opinion, very inconsistent all year. I like that he lost good on you. Hesse. I'm happy that you beat him. Dayson still sitting in sixth place, probably still going to make the playoffs. But and I like what you talked about with the trade. You know, it, it seemed to be an inconsequential trade, you know, Brissett, and then I guess he traded for Everett. Everett kind of sucked, only got three and got hurt. But he still wins. He made a trade to get the win to stay in the playoff hunt. And I like I commend him for that because kind of like the same thing what I'm doing. It's funner to be competitive. It's funner to not throw in the towel and just say, well, maybe I'm just gonna lose this week. It's it's exciting. And I'm good on you, Hesse, for doing that, and good on you for beating. Old day song. Side note, though, uh, what, before Gerald Everett got hurt, we were just moving the ball on the Niners, and Gerald Everett was a big part of that. <coughs> when he got hurt, and we had to go to Trey McKitty, and McKitty got the ball, and he turns around, just stands there, and tries to do someone that doesn't. It was a major like downgrade, and it killed us, in my opinion. Like there's a there's a ton of other reasons why we lost that game, but I think that one kind of goes under the radar. Um, you know, we're like you mentioned, we're down Keenan Allen, we're down Mike Williams. Now we're down Gerald Everett, who, yes, he's he is who he is, but he was an important part of that offense. And now Herbert, uh, I think a lot of the reason he's not scoring 25 points is because Josh Palmer is his best target. And I love Josh Palmer, but he's not on one. Um, DeAndre Carter caught the touchdown, but, um, you know, he is what he is as well. And then the just, yeah, it's bad. It's bad for the Chargers right now, injury-wise. But it always is. So that's- It does seem to be always that way with the Chargers. Keenan Allen has had a history of injuries. Mike Williams has a history of injuries. Uh, and when you're losing those two guys, and, you, and your, your backups are admirable. I mean, Palmer, you said, decent. DeAndre Carter is 
you know, serviceable. But anyway, we don't need to keep on it. On the defensive side too, it's funny because let me just let me just do this really quick. We cut uh, Jerry Tillery last week, who's a former first round pick. Um, we think we have all this defensive line depth, right? And I think something else happened behind the scenes that they just didn't like him. But then in this game against the Niners, we had two defensive tackles go down. So cut one, lost two, and now it's just like, what? I don't, I don't know what's happening. Anyway, Chargers still making the Super Bowl, right? I predict that at the beginning of the year. So uh, last matchup, uh, you beat Eric. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I think the last matchup we need to talk about is the fact that I beat Ernie E. Fritz. This, I think the the biggest, uh, yeah, I would say it's the biggest upset of the year and just the, the one with the most consequence because we said, you know, after Eric had that 200-point week that he was going to roll, there was no way he loses the bye. Now he's got the same record as Brandon, 70-point uh, lead, so he could probably hold that. But another loss, and then he's out in that vulnerable, you know, three seed where you have to play the first week and can definitely get beat. So, yeah, that was a huge win that could swing a lot of things down the line. Maybe not, but just a good job on you, Sneak, and excited to see what you have coming up. Do you have, do you have a three-game win streak in you? You already have two. I think I do. I'm going for it. Let's go. All right, we're going long on Tuesday Reviews Day. Let's go ahead and – Wrap it up with Gilmore Goons. Gilmore Goons. All right, let me see. Did I last night? I think I watched one episode after the game. Oh my gosh, what happened? Oh, Rory talked to Lorelai. Sounds like her and Jess are getting ready to be having that intimate time. Okay, okay. Uh Jess got a black guy from the swan. <laughs> he went over to Emily's for dinner with Rory and was a complete jerk per usual. Uh, but Rory was also usual. on him pretty hard that night. And it was just, it was just not a good, good evening for that, for those two. <sighs> I think that's all I remember. Okay. Okay. I had so... like four beers last night. Yes. It was a good night for you. Let's see. Um, Rory having that conversation with Lorelai is like when... Um, did you see the video that was circulating? Like, it was uh, DeAndre Hopkins going up to Kyler Murray and being like, hey, I was open. What did you see? Like, what's wrong with you? And then Kyler just, like, freaks out and, like, is, is not someone that you can talk to. Is not someone you should root for. Right. He's he's Rory because like Rory, you can't talk any sense on Rory. So uh, Kyler is Rory. Lorelai is DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, Jess getting a black eye from a swan. That's like Daniel Bellinger, who just got accidentally punched and broke his orbital bone. Have to wear a visor for the rest of his playing career, but he should be back soon. Yes. I like him as a prospect, so that's his black eye. And then Jess being a jerk at. Dinner is like Aaron Rodgers, who is just always salty and like fighting with Matt LaFleur, even in a good circumstance, even though they ended up winning the game against the Cowboys. They were bickering. He was being salty as usual and just being being a jerk overall, just just like Jess, kind of. 
I love the correlations of Gilmore goons and girls to football. You'll never see anything like it other than here on the Scum and Snake Show. And you know what? It works every time. All right, folks, that's Tuesday Reviews. We'll be back tomorrow to get into some potentially shuffled rankings. I don't know. It was a big week 10. Uh, I would say so. Someone, I'm not going to name names yet, should be shooting up the rankings. And, yeah, that that is it for today. Love it. Thank you. I beat Ernie. I win. Bye. Sleeps over there for your late night reader. Just uh, got good. They raised the one guy from the dead. I said, oh, that's a good twist.